What is original sin and total depravity? Are they biblical and are they an important doctrine? Romans 8 verses 7 and 8 says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Join me today on Creeds and Deeds as we talk about the fall, original sin, and total depravity. Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional and Missional. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 107, verses 1 through 15. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in the desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them, Then they heard the cry of the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way, till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Westminster Shorter Catechism, questions 53 through 56. Question 53. Which is the third commandment? Answer. The third commandment is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Question 54. What is required in the third commandment? Answer. The third commandment requires the holy and reverent use of God's names, titles, attributes, and ordinances word, and works. Scripture proof, Matthew 6, verse 9, which says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Question 55. What is forbidden in the third commandment? 
The third commandment forbids all profaning or abusing of anything whereby God makes himself known. Scripture proof. James 5 verse 12, which says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by anything under any oath. But let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. Alright, thanks for joining me again today on Creeds and Deeds. Today we're looking at chapter 6 of the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is entitled, The Fall of Man, Sin, and the Punishment for Sin. So, uh, part one is talking about the um, fall, Adam and Eve's fall, and it says, Our first parents were led astray by the cunning temptation of Satan, and sinned in eating the forbidden fruit. It pleased God to allow them to sin, because in his wisdom and holiness... He planned to order their sin to his own glory. Uh, Part two, then, is talking about um, what happened because of that sin that they did. What happened to them, I guess I should say. And it says, By this sin they fell from their original righteousness and fellowship with God, and so became dead in sin and completely polluted in all their faculties and parts of body and soul. So that's showing that when they sinned, it utterly changed them, every single part of them. There was nothing left of them that still was uh, perfect. All right, and then part three is talking about how that sin, because of how it changed Adam and Eve, it now is imputed to all of us. This is the doctrine of original sin. Since Adam and Eve are the root of all mankind, the guilt for this sin hasn't been imputed to all human beings who are their natural descendants and have inherited the same death in sin and the same corrupt nature. And so that's saying... In the same way that when Adam and Eve sinned, their entire corrupter or their entire nature was corrupted, all their faculties and um, uh, they have no more righteousness, and they're completely dead in sin, and their whole body uh, and soul and faculties are all polluted by that sin. We have that same exact thing. We are completely dead in sin, and our entire being is polluted by sin. All right, and then um, to take it further and to help us uh, see a little bit deeper of how much this sin has ruined humanity, it says here in number four, this original corruption completely disinclines, incapacitates, and turns us away from every good while it completely inclines us to every evil. From it proceed all actualized sins. So it's saying that it turns us away from any inclination and even ability to do anything good. Because apart from Christ, we can do nothing but evil. Because we are slaves 
to sin, as Jesus said. All right. Um, the next one is talking about how even though that we're regenerated in Christ, when we are saved and our sin nature is uh, atoned for by Jesus's blood, while we're still on this earth, that corrupt nature still remains in us. So it says in five, during life on earth, this corrupt nature remains in those who are regenerated. And although it is pardoned and deadened in Christ, yet it and all its impulses are truly and properly sinful. So it's saying that um, even though that Christ has already uh, atoned for that sin and by his death on the cross and his righteous life that's credited to us, that sin nature is deadened and it no longer has power in us. Um, all of the stuff that still remains in us because we're still on earth in our imperfect bodies. That stuff is still truly sinful. All right. And then finally, um, number six, it talks about the actualized sins a little bit about how and why we deserve wrath for these sins. Every sin, both original and actual transgresses the righteous law of God and brings guilt on the sinner. Every sinner is consequently subjected to the wrath of God, the curse of the law, and death, with all the resultant miseries, spiritual, temporal, and eternal. So that's saying that both the original sin, the fact that we are born into sin because of our first parents, and every actual sin that we commit deserves a righteous wrath from God. And so... Um, the curse of that is, uh, um, righteously God bringing a curse on us or, you know, the curse of the law and death and all of that stuff and all of the things like misery and, um, pain and heartache and the world hurting and all of that stuff is a righteous consequence of our sin because God created us and we turned away from him in sin. All right, thanks for joining me for this look at the fall and original sin and total depravity, and we will see you tomorrow. All right, now let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll begin by preparing our hearts and our minds to come to Him in a correct attitude. And for this, here's a verse of preparation. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit in the Spirit of our God. 
So maybe you feel today like you don't want to come before God because of some sin or some unrighteousness that you see in yourself. But here you're being called to remember that you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified by Christ when he died on the cross and was resurrected for you. So you can come boldly before God in prayer knowing that he does hear you and he loves you because of his son Jesus if you are in Jesus. All right, now let's take some time to worship our God. A verse of adoration. Revelation 5, verses 11 through 14. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever and the four living creatures kept saying amen and the elders fell down and worshiped And now let's come to God with a contrite heart, confessing our sin. Here is a quote from Thomas Watson for confession. To fear God is to have such a holy awe of God upon our hearts that we dare not sin. So confess to him how you haven't properly feared him and that's allowed you to feel like you can sin and confess those sins to God. And now let's spend some time in gratitude of our God with this verse of thanksgiving. Psalm 140 verse 13. Surely the righteous will give thanks to to your name. The upright will dwell in your presence. And now let's make our requests known to God with this verse for supplication. Psalm 88, verse 13. But I, O Lord, have cried out to help for before you. And in the morning, my prayer comes before you. And now let's take some time to pray. First, let's pray for yourself. Let's pray that you would worship God in spirit and in truth. And a verse for that from John 4, 23 and 24. 
But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now let's pray for your spouse that you would pray together daily. Name your spouse by name and pray that you and her, or you and them, whether male or female, sorry, um, would pray together. And a verse for that is Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. And now pray for our nation, for all leaders, those you agree with and those you disagree with. And this will help you to lead a quiet life and to not get in hurtful arguments or dissensions or disagreements or debates over temporal things like politics. 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 and 2. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. All right, and now together, let's recite the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things, visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy, universal, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Thank you.